0: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And she returns his greeting right properly, seats herself softly by his side, laughs, opens, and with a lovely look addresses these words to him. Sir, if ye be gallant, it seems to me a very strange thing that a man of such quality should not follow the conventions of good society and should after making acquaintance with a person cast him utterly from his mind thou hast already forgotten what i taught you yesterday in the best language that i knew what was that quoth the hero forsooth i know not if what ye say be true i am to blame yet i taught you about kissing replied the fair lady wherever a countenance is known quickly to claim a kiss that becomes every knight who practises courtesy siege such speech my dear lady said the ready man i durst not claim it lest i should be denied if i proposed and were refused i should certainly be wrong in proffering by my faith quoth the lovely dame ye cannot be refused ye are strong enough to compel it by strength if ye pleased supposing any were so ill-bred as to deny you yea by god said gawain your speech is good but violence is considered discourteous among my people as is any gift that is not given with a good will i am at your command to kiss when ye like ye may begin when ye please "'and leave off whenever it likes you.' "'The lady stoops down and gracefully kisses his face. "'They converse long of the fears and joys of love. "'I should like to know from you, sir,' said the peerless lady, "'if it vexes you not, what might be the reason "'that so young and so gallant person as ye now are one so courteous and so knightly as ye are known everywhere to be, have never spoken of love. For in relating the pains of true knights, the chief thing praised in all of chivalry is the royal sport of love and the science of arms. It is the title, token, and text of their works. How heroes for their true love adventured their lives, endured for their sweethearts, doleful hours, and afterwards avenged themselves by their valour, dispersed their care, and brought bliss to bower, with plenteous rewards for themselves. And ye are the most renowned knight of your time, your fame and your worship walks everywhere, and now I have sat by you here two separate times, yet have I never heard from your head, a single word that betained at all to love less or more and ye that are so courteous and so distinguished in your vows ought willingly to show and teach to a young thing some tokens of the art of true love why are ye so rude who are so praised is it that ye deem me too dull to hearken to your dalliance for shame I CAME HITHER ALL ALONE TO SIT AND LEARN FROM YOU SOME ACCOMPLISHMENT. DO TEACH ME PART OF YOUR SKILL WHILE MY LORD IS FROM HOME. IN GOOD FAITH, QUOTH Gowan, GOD REWARD YOU. GREAT IS THE ENTERTAINMENT AND HUGE THE PLEASURE TO ME THAT SO WORTHY A ONE AS YE SHOULD COME HITHER AND TAKE PAINS WITH SO POOR A MAN AND PLAY WITH YOUR KNIGHT IN any wise. IT DELIGHTS ME but to take upon myself the task of expounding true love, of touching upon the themes of that text, and the tales of arms before you, who I wot, well have more knowledge of that sort by the half than I, or a hundred such have, or ever shall have so long as I live. That were a manifold folly by my troth, dear one. But I would work your will with all my might, Highly beholden to you as I am, And I wish evermore to be your servant, So God save me. Thus the fair lady besought him, And tried him oft, For to have won him to wrong, Whatever it was she purposed. But he defended himself fairly, So that no fault appeared, Nor any evil, on either side. They knew naught but joy. They laughed and played a long time, till at last she kissed him and took her leave fairly and went her way. Then the hero bestirred himself and rose to the mass, and afterwards their dinner was dight and splendidly served. The hero sported with the ladies all day, but the Lord raced over the land full oft, Following his uncouth swine that rushed along the banks, and bit in sunder the backs of his best rackets, there he abode at his bay till Bowman broke it, and Mauger his head made him move forth. Many fell arrows there flew, when the folk gathered about, but yet at times he made the stoutest to start till at last he was so weary he could no more run but with the haste that he might he won to a hole in a cleft by a rock where the burn runs he got the bank at his back and began to scrape the ugly froth foamed from the corners of his mouth and he wet his white tusks "'It was not pleasant for all the bold hunters "'that stood about him to approach him even remotely, "'and to go nigh him durst none for fear of harm. "'He had hurt so many before "'that all seemed then full loath "'to be more torn with the tusks "'of that savage and crazed beast. "'When the knight came himself, reining his steed, "'and saw him bide at the bay, near his men, he lighted nimbly down, left his cursor, pulled out a bright brand, and boldly strode forth, and hurried fast through the stream where the fell one abode. The wild creature was ware of the white with weapon in hand, and heaved on high his hairs, so fiercely he snorted that many feared for their lord, lest to him befell the worst. The swine rushed directly upon the hero, so that man and boar were both in a heap in the wildest of the water. But the boar had the worse, for the man marked him well as they first met, and skilfully set his point exactly in the slot, pierced him up to the hilt so that his heart split, and he gave way squealing, and went quickly down the water a hundred hounds seized him and fiercely bit on him men brought him to land and the dogs finished him there was blowing of the prize on many a loud horn high hallooing aloft by mighty hunters bratchets bade the beast as the masters bade who were the chief huntsmen of that swift chase Then a wight that was wise in woodcraft begins skilfully to unlace this boar. First he hews off his head and sets it on high, and afterwards splits him all down his rough back, and takes out the bowels and singes them on the coals. Then with bread mingled with these he rewards his hounds. Afterwards he cuts the brawn in fine broad shields, and has out the haslets in the proper manner. And now they bind the halves all whole together, and afterwards stoutly hang them on a stiff staff. Now with this same swine they take their way home. The boar's head was borne before the warrior who slew him at this stream, through the force of his own strong hand. It seemed long to him until he saw Sir Gawain in the hall. Then he called, and Gawain came promptly to take his fees there. The Lord jested full loudly, and merrily he laughed when he saw Sir Gawain. With pleasure he spoke. The good ladies were called, and the household gathered. He showed them the shields, and told them the tale of the girth, and the length of the wild swine, and also of his viciousness in the wood where he fled. That other knight full comely commended his deeds, and praised it as a great bag that he had made. For such brawn of a beast, the bold man said, nor such sides of a swine, saw he never before. Then they handled the huge head. The courteous man praised it, and made much of it to honor the Lord. Now, Gowan, quoth the good man, this game is your own. By fine, and fast forward, truly ye know. It is sooth, quoth the hero, and as truly all my getting I shall give you in turn by my troth. He took the warrior about the neck and courteously kissed him, and another time he served him the same. Now we are even, quoth the warrior, to-night of all the covenants that we knit by law since I came hither. Said the Lord, By St. Giles, ye are the